stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to talk about shift happens. That's not what you think I said. (laughs) It's shift. S-H-I-F-T happens. And a lot of shift is happening to many of us these days. No job, no money, now what? That's uh, on the cover of the new book of my guest today, James Feldman. He's the author of this new award-winning book called Shift Happens, Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions. And he's going to uh, deal with, with innovative ways to um, cope with your frustration the frustration of, well, well, I guess if someone's out of work, you don't have to listen to the radio on the way to work, but um, you might be listening to the radio in your home or somewhere or watching television. And uh, watching people, these so-called experts, debate about what's going on with the economy. Are we in a double-dip recession? Are we in a depression? Are we on the road to recovery? And meanwhile, we're sitting there trying to figure out where our next dime is coming from or perhaps our next thousand or whatever whatever amount of money you need um, to keep yourself afloat and happy. And uh, it's not really helping that these people are, are trying to figure it out and not figuring it out that's going on for years and years while uh, we're either losing jobs or our spouse is losing their job or our parent is losing their job or um, or... Uh, other people are losing their jobs and they're not able to buy the products that we sell. Um, you know, it's really, it's really a difficult situation. You know, whatever, even if you have your job or you're, a, or you're self-employed, the fact that other people don't have a lot of expendable income is affecting you one way or the other. Well, fortunately, we have today to help us out of this mess, James Feldman, who, um, <laughs> is using good old-fashioned American pluckiness. <laughs> is that a word, James? I like it. I'm making it a word. Uh, pluck, I guess it would be. <laughs> Shift, pluck, we might as well go there. Um, to, to figure out how each of us can get out from under this cloud. So, James, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. And let me, let me just give a couple of James. Uh, he has a... We could be here all day reading all his credentials, but... Um, he is a master innovator. He's an entertaining business speaker and expert in managing change. 
He's not only creative, po- created positive change for himself, but also for his clients. He challenges the norms for organizations such as Apple, Disney, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, YME, and Toyota, and Incentive Magazine named him as one of the top innovators along with the founders of Google. So, just so you know, uh, and he has all kinds of letters after his <laughs> name, but that will that would take us the whole show to decipher. So, just um, trust me, he's an expert on this, and you'll you'll see it for yourself when he starts to talk. So, Jim, tell us you have this wonderful story in the um, at the beginning of your book, which really gives the flavor, so to speak, of um, of what one can expect um, in the book. So, tell us about your your first. Uh, the first time you were creative when you wanted money? When I was seven years old, I went to my parents and asked for an allowance. And my parents, being rather pragmatic, said, absolutely not, but you can earn it. You can mow the yard, take the dog for a walk, wash the cars, etc. It was about 100 degrees outside. So I went to my mother and I asked her for an allowance. And she, being a little bit more forgiving, said, look, why don't you go outside and set up a lemonade stand So I went outside, looked down the street, and I counted 12 lemonade stands. And I realized that there was a lot of competition. And she loved to tell the story that I, at seven years old, went back in my room and disappeared for a couple hours, came back out and asked her if we could go to a place that was a shopper's discount warehouse similar to a Walmart or a Costco. And after getting there, I disappeared for a while, and I priced out bulk lemonade, bulk sugar, and bulk cups. I then figured out how much sugar, lemonade, and cups it would take to do one pitcher. And I created lemonade kits that I sold at night to the mothers of the kids that were sitting out in the 100-degree temperature. Mm-hmm. And so by going out in the early evening, 6, 7 o'clock at night, I sold them the product, ended up enjoying my entire summer. At the end of the summer, as a 7-year-old, I had over $300 in ah. my savings account. Wow, that's that's really impressive for seven years old to think about. I mean, how did you even know about, I mean, where did that come from, buying bulk and so on and and figuring out, did your mother help you figure out how to make lemonade, how much you would need? Well, actually, when you think about it, lemonade was always sold in a pre-done package, so the package also contained sugar. Mm. So you could pretty quickly figure out that you needed X amount of this mixture so what I really did is I started to mix it up myself to see how the flavor came out, and then I added a little extra of the lemon rather than a little extra of the sugar so that it had more tartness to it. So I really created a better product, <laughs> a better price, and that also eliminated mom having to go to the store just to replenish the supplies for her kid. And were those other kids happy that you were doing this, or did they, were they kind of jealous that you sort of scooped them? I think it was seamless to them. I don't think they saw me as anything uh-huh. but a supplier uh-huh. that wasn't competing with them. In other words, it was one less lemonade stand to contend with. Yes, yes. Well, I, I think that that's it's very interesting because, you know, as a psychiatrist, first of all, I usually put my guests on the couch, but also, um, uh, you know, it really shows that the beginnings of where you wound up, I mean, how you wound up to be... Um, known as an innovator, because this was something that that was obviously, um, I mean, um, bred into you, or, or you know, um, that you found in yourself, dug down and found in yourself from very early on, and obviously were the reward 
um, perpetuated your excitement about doing it. But, Doctor, there are all kinds of people that have talents that they discover, whether it's a child prodigy playing the violin or singing or the piano. Today, the child prodigies are typically people that understand computers and programming. I just happen to be somebody that understands how to find a solution by rearranging the components of the problem. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's... Um of course, you know, presumably you've been driven to uh, to write this book now um, because of what you see around you. Well, I, I think I've been driven to this because I make unique connections, because I have diverse experiences and interests, and I always believe there's a way to kickstart the creative side of coming up with a solution. So I try to create a solution that would work for me, whether it's for me or for somebody else. But I mean, I mean um, now that, you know, certainly we, we hear that the promises of unemployment diminishing are not really happening. Um, in fact, it's getting worse. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming that you, you know, that you're dedicated and passionate about helping other people to, um, to figure out solutions in their own lives. I think the first thing that would help unemployment is for the people that are making these decisions in government have a couple of their paychecks held back yes. so that they experience the pain. Because until you experience the pain, you don't understand it. I mean, o- o- Obama has reportedly voiced his frustration with the administration's failure to devise an insightful or innovative way to resolve the problem of lasting and persistent unemployment. But if you go back to the very beginning of his administration, and I'm not being critical of him, I'm just trying to be factual, he came up with this stimulus program that was, in fact, a step in the right direction, but self-evidently insufficient in light of the downs, in, in, in light of the size of the downturn. And it had a core flaw because it was built on the assumption that the financial meltdown was merely a liquidity crisis. And for that reason, something from which the financial system and the economy would quickly recover. All that it really did is it rewarded the banks for their innate stupidity. They raised bonuses to pre-crash levels. They hired lobbyists to forestall serious re-regulation of their industry. And they benefited. I mean, I, I say to everybody when they ask me, I said, did you get your TARP check? Because yeah. I didn't get my TARP check. Yeah. Yes, and, absolutely. And talk to somebody who's trying to get a mortgage for a home now. Talk to somebody who's honestly trying to forestall short sales or foreclosures in the only place that they live. And the banks sit back and say, well, we're not going to loan you any money. We're not going to take any risks, and here's why. Mm-hmm. So instead, they throw the person out. Now they don't have a place to live. They short the sale, meaning they take less than the value of the property, which drives down the real estate market. And then the person who comes to buy it can't get a mortgage to buy Mm -hmm. it, so it goes to the cash investor, who then turns around and rents it at a higher price than the market value to the person who couldn't afford to make the mortgage payments. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, That's cyclical stupidity. Yes, yes. And why, I mean, I thought part of the stimulus was, 
um, to hire people to do roads. And, and, I mean, there's so many things that need fixing in this country. I thought part of that money was supposed to be going to pay people to do some of this kind of work. Well, you live in California. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, not really. They're supposed to be fixing potholes. I think they're doing one a month. Right, right. Um, but, and the other thing that's, you know, the, even to go back further, one of the things that really bothers me is how this uh, crisis, I mean, aside from the bank's issue in Wall Street and so on, but just the unemployment part of it um, from a different perspective, you know, for years, people, we, we've known that companies have gone to other countries like China or, you know, other, country, other countries where people will accept less money for manufacturing. And this has been going on, and these jobs have been bled out of our country because people want to make more money by, you know, paying the workers less. And now we're all surprised that there's no manufacturing jobs or there are no other kinds of jobs in our country when they've been going to other countries for, for years upon years. I mean, why didn't somebody wake up? Um, years ago and, and realized that this would ultimately have this effect. But, but, Doctor, the solutions that they keep coming up with are creating bigger problems. You know, if you go in for surgery on your right thumb and they remove your left toe, you now have two problems. You're missing a toe and they didn't address the serious problem. You know, as, as recently as last week, Obama came back and said that to enhance American job growth, we should push for less regulation and the ratification of free trade agreements with South Korea, Colombia, Panama, etc. Hmm. Look at what we charge people to come in with their product in the United States and look at what they charge us to reciprocate. I mean, we're charging them 2 and 3%. They're charging us 30 and 40%. Mm-hmm. Yes, and like it, it shouldn't, it's not brain surgery. I mean, talking, using the surgery uh, metaphor. It, it isn't. It, it's, I, I mean, it's just, it's just staggering. I, I mean, I'm all for free enterprise and, and all of that, and Obama is not my favorite person by any means. I can't wait for the two years to be up, the two more years. Um, but, but, I mean, it, it just, you know, it's, it's great to have free enterprise, but at some point there should have been these kinds of regulations that would, that would even it out so that there wouldn't be um, this, this inequality that would make it so much less uh, desirable to have Americans in jobs creating these things and then, you know, doing the sales of these. I mean, you know, all the, not just the creation, the manufacture, but also all the other jobs that that, uh, brings with it. it. It's just, it's just a very sad circumstance, and it's up to you <laughs> to get people out of it. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. My game, my guest is James Feldman. His um, book is called "Shift Happens: Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions." And we're going to be talking about some of these innovative solutions when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Kara Lieberman. My guest today is James Feldman. His book called Shift Happens, Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions just won the uh, New York Book Festival um, in nonfiction, honorable mention in nonfiction. And uh, um, obviously there's, there's, a, there's so much in here. There are so many great ideas in here. Uh, Jim, let, let's, let's start, let's give, we, we've been talking about how bad things are, and we could go on and talk about that for hours, but why don't you, let's give some people a, a bit of hope. Where would you suggest, somebody's listening to this, and they're thinking either, you know, they or someone in their family lost their job, or they're thinking uh, they're tired of their same old job that they maybe only took um, because they're, they didn't think they could make enough money in what they were doing because of the economy, or, or they, they're doing their own thing, the same thing that they've been doing, but now there aren't as many people who can afford to buy it. So start out with what, how people need to start shifting. Uh, besides doing the other thing, they need to start shifting uh, their, their attitude. Tell us about that. Let's, let's look at Las Vegas for 30 seconds. Las Vegas is one of the few cities in the world that blows up, destroys, and levels the past. There's something to be learned there. If you tear it down, you have to start all over. So it's a time for a shift to the new normal. It's not about remodeling or reconstructing. It's about the fact that you don't like your job or you've been outsized and you've been forced to leave. Use that as an advantage. Use that to say, I now have a clean piece of paper, and I can recraft my life. Now, that's scary. But at the same time, it's exciting because you're not trying to overcome or go around previous walls. So 
here you have this opportunity to see all these changes taking place in the world. You can see the challenges from Mother Nature. You can see the stupidity of the government. You can see the number of our, shall we say, elected officials that have done things that were not only surprised at them doing, but the fact that they lied about it when they got caught. So it's a time to look at the world and say the new normal is to start all over again. And so I've kind of come up with my own little checklist, and my checklist is to sit down and evaluate my own effectiveness. What is it that I do well? What is it that I didn't do well? What is it that somebody would pay me to do? And then I put it on the calendar because I want to put on the calendar money-producing tasks first because a money-producing task is going to help me get out of the mess and the situation that I'm in. I, I have a little sign that I keep in my office. I say, be wary of oper- beware of distractions disguised as opportunities. Hmm. Everybody says, oh, you know, if you do this, you can make this money, but we start to go down the decision tree path and we get lost. The, the next part of it is people are outsourcing. And, and if you outsource unproductive tasks to somebody else, then you might become a resource for productive tasks. So there's, there's a big thing that I keep talking about of delete unnecessary tasks the same way you manage your inbox. If you manage your inbox, you don't let your inbox manage you because email is like a bottomless black hole. The other part of it is focus. Focus is the beginning. Focus opens the door. Focus gives us everything that we want. This is no longer a world of multitasking. We used to think multitasking was a productivity boosters, but now we realize that it decreases concentration and productivity. So focus on the task at hand, finish it, then move on to the next one. Now, here's the tip that I, I like to share with everybody. Do your least desirable task first and get them off your plate. You'll save time by not having to worry about them later, and you won't be so tired that you work with them in a less productive way. Hmm. And then I try to systematize everything. One of, one of the things I learned from my mother was to alphabetize the spice rack. How many people just throw their jars up there and then when looking for oregano, it happens to be next to the allspice? Mm-hmm. It's very simple. If you alphabetize it, you know where to look. And the truth is, once you've alphabetized your spice rack, you always put them back in order. Mm-hmm. It becomes a process. It's kind of, kind of the same thing that the government should be doing. The government should look at the size of the problem, look at the duration of the problem, and look at the most obvious, efficient, and effective way to fix it. And the answer for that, because you and I were talking about a little earlier, is to have the government hire people. They're the ones with the money. The problem is it becomes political. It becomes self-serving. They start to take care of their friends, and much like the same thing with the TARP money, it doesn't get out to those people who really need the job or who would really be best suited for the job. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm not so, sure what you, when you say high, you're talking about like what we were talking about with, let's say, fixing the roads or something. Is that exactly. what you mean? Exactly. Well, yes. Um, you kind of wonder where all this money went. 
Yeah, I mean, you'd have to come up with a policy that's not disruptive and that the applicants that are seeking out government jobs are not a last, rather they are a first resort, so that the compensation can be set at or just below a legislated minimum wage. That gives someone an opportunity to get paid, to have benefits, to have job security, etc. Because until someone gets a job, then they can't go out and buy food. They can't go to the movie theater. They can't have any disposable income. And that becomes problematic for every small business in this country. Yes, absolutely. So um, have you – I know that this book just came out, but have you um, – had have you worked with people or have people contacted you to tell you how they have used uh, some of the things that you suggest to shift their attitude and, and shift what they're doing? The, I just got back from Mexico, which, of course, has had a very difficult year with the vacation leisure business. And, and I said to these people, you're not feeling the pain of your customer. Your customers don't care about you. They care about their own vacation, etc. I said, what are you doing to bring them back? And, and, and they kind of looked at me and I said, look, at the end of the day, the best person to promote your resort or this experience is the person who is just there. Mm-hmm. Give them something that brings them back with a friend. And so we tested it with one of the resorts and it was bring a friend. And in essence, what happens is both of you get a 50% discount. You don't get the discount if you don't bring a friend. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, somebody could say, well, I'm, I'm eating up 50% of my profits. Well, not true. If the room goes empty, they've lost 100% of that revenue. Right. An empty room can't be replenished with occupancy the next day. Right. So by getting somebody in there, they're going to drink, they're going to eat, they're going to have other activities. The right. needle gets moved, the room gets used, the staff gets employed, money goes through the coffers, and it starts to get the momentum going again. Uh-huh. I, I, I sort of visualize the economy like the old locomotive. We've all seen it on television and movies where it starts off getting up speed and it's chug, 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 and then it gets going. Once the train gets going, it's unstoppable. How do you stop a train? <laughs> yes, that was that movie that was just out. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, with Denzel Washington. So if, if the train itself is moving, and we have, in fact, gotten the train up to speed, then we've got everybody else on board. They can't get off the train either. So we get from point A to point B. And so by getting from point A to point B, this idea now, or have they already started? Did you give it to them before, and they've already started implementing it, or they where have. does that stand? They have, and they found immediate success. Hmm. Yes, it seems like a great idea because it's um, because so many people are afraid to go down there, and if you have a friend who tells you how great it just was, and they want to bring you there for half off, uh, that does seem like it would be a good incentive. Well, I mean, again, let's go back to the government because that's where the money is. Personally, I would ditch the wars in Iraq 
and and everywhere else because expense-wise, these wars are a matter of principle and practice grossly underestimated by the government. Mm-hmm. I've seen low-end estimates suggesting a savings of five hundred billion a year. Hmm. Put five hundred billion back into our economy and see what happens. Well, it, it has become an increasingly difficult problem because now it's not like there's just a war in Iraq or in Afghanistan, or it's they're multiplying all over the place. Which exactly? I mean, and how many of it, it? We're back to our multitasking. But you see, the people who make those weapons, whether they're the planes or the tanks or whatever, they have strong lobbyists. Yes. Yeah. And it needs fuel, and fuel comes from the BPs of the world, etc. So what are you and I going to do? There's nothing we can do. Well, I mean, but- I think I think the the best model of what should happen to this country can be when you walk into an Apple store. And I'm not talking about the difference between Apple and PC. I'm talking about the experience. What happens when you go into a Starbucks? Starbucks says we're not in the coffee business. It's what they sell as a product, but it's not what they stand for. Starbucks is in the business of selling dreams, not coffee. Hmm. You know, what, what's, what's Steve Jobs and Apple in the business of? You know, they're in the business of simplicity. They take technology and make it simple. Hmm. Nobody Oops. cares how an iPhone works or an iPad works. You just care that it works. Yeah. Go into an Apple store with a customer service issue. It is textbook AAA customer service. Now, you could say, well, not everybody can do that. Well, part of the reason Apple can do it is because they have high margins and they don't discount their product. And we've become a society that has relied on price. And when you erode price and profit, you typically erode customer service. But at the end of the day, everybody will pay for great service with a great product. Yes, especially when it's something um, something where you do need to, to know that you have someone there to answer all your questions and so on. Exactly. Well, oh my, all right, we have to take another break. No um, I do want you to give some other examples, specific examples of either people using some of these ideas or, or just giving people ways that they can start to think about shifting um, in their own life because, because, <laughs> because we, we all can stand to, uh, to, to learn how to put this into practice. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today with James Feldman. His book is Shift Happens, Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions. And you've been hearing some of these innovative solutions. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about shift, shift that happens. My guest is James Feldman. His new book is called Shift Happens, Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions. And um, I want to go to, Jim, how, for people who are feeling a little overwhelmed, where, where things are so dark and all they can think about is um, either worrying that things that they're doing aren't selling or aren't making enough money or worrying that they're going to get downsized or they have been downsized or, you know, it's so easy to be caught up in the gloom um, and, and become paralyzed. How do people get out from that? Where, how can they start thinking about what all these other creative, innovative solutions are? Well, I think the very first thing is you've got to make yourself an I owe me list. I owe me. And you stop saying, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. One of the things I, I say to myself every morning and I have on my cell phone is stop the stupid stuff because we all do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. We waste time on projects and goals that we can't complete and we, we, we aren't doing ourselves service. It's like losing weight. You, anyone who says I'm going to lose 200 pounds fails. Mm-hmm. Anyone who says I'm going to lose five pounds can succeed. Mm-hmm. So you break it up into smaller tasks. You you write a single sentence to yourself in the I O me, and it's it's like this: Determine where you want to grow, go first. Where do you want to end up? Now create the path to get there. Like losing weight, I want to lose 200 pounds, but I need to lose it five pounds at a time. Five pounds is doable. Okay. So you write down the goals, you're very specific, and you start to look around you for what you see is a need. And my suggestion to the audience is find a need, fill a need. Find a need, fill a need. In Chicago, there is a huge business that has started within the last few years where they drive a van to high-rise condominiums and wash your dog. So literally, they park the van, you bring the dog down, 
And it's like taking the dog into a car wash. They wash the dog, they fluff dry him, and the dog goes back upstairs. So they brought the service to the condominium rather than the person in the condominium have to pick up the dog and bring them there. Mm-hmm. And they're booked solid. Mm-hmm. Since they started with one van, they're now up to eight vans. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy who runs it is somebody who was fired from a very high-powered corporate job. And one day he had to go take his wife's dog to get it bathed and groomed. And he realized how difficult it was, came up with the idea, went out and tried to rent a van to do this, and that's how it started. Hmm. Yes, that is a very good idea, especially now with gas being so expensive and so on. Um, and it just, just being more convenient, saving time and gas. And, and well, is it more expensive than... Uh, no. Than regular bringing... But it's also, it's also not cheaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my favorite is, is in the book, is the woman who lost a job, moved to Arkansas, and was given a pet chicken. Now, I didn't know that chickens were pets, and, and most of your listeners probably didn't know that either. But it turns out that when you have a pet chicken, the chicken poops all over the place. <laughs> So she created a diaper because the back tails of a chicken are very rigid. So it hangs off the tail much like you would see hanging off the back of one of those horses pulling the carts. Mm-hmm. She now set up a website called chickendiapers.com. <laughs> doing fantastically well because chickens as pets are one of the fastest-growing pet segments in the country. That's interesting. You know, you would think that uh, with people needing food, <laughs> that at some point... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, again, I think you sit down and you make, you know, these very simple shifts. You, number one is you, conscience, you concentrate on what you can approve. Second, you identify the real problem. Third, you pull your perspective into line with your vision. And then you basically say, what is impossible? What is doable? And you start to narrow it down. And once you've narrowed it down, you start to see how you're going to make all this work. So you say, you know, what can I improve? How do I unclutter myself? I, I say get rid of disposable crutches, focus on doing one thing better than anyone else, find something that you would enjoy if you didn't have to worry about the money. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, get yourself an MBA. I think everybody today to succeed needs an MBA. An MBA is a massive bank account. Focus on building a massive bank account. Well, some of the know, richest some of the richest people in the world today were almost broke or in some cases were broke and just stopped one day and said I'm not going to take it anymore. Mhm. Mhm. Yes, that's true. And and why are you saying that people everybody needs a massive bank account? I mean, I have my because own thoughts. The, because at the end of the day, the massive bank account is how we've learned to keep score. If you don't have to worry that the first of the month is coming, 
That's what I'm referring to as a massive bank account. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you have to be Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, but a bank account that has enough money in it that whether it's the first of the month, the 15th of the month, or the 30th of the month, you have enough in the account every month to take care of your bills. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true, because it's very stressful to have to worry about that every month. And a- Absolutely. Absolutely. And stress is not good for anyone psychologically or physically. And, and uh, then if you're sick, it's going to be even harder for you to, to make a living at whatever, whatever you choose to, to do. It becomes cyclical. You can't focus. Life is all about solutions and connections and leverage. So can you provide a solution? Do you know where you can get a connection? And how are you leveraging those two? I mean, yesterday somebody asked me about my book. She said, you know, can I just buy a copy of your book? Within five minutes, she asked if she could sit down and talk to me, and she spent two hours with me saying that she was somebody who had money to invest. All she needed was a couple of projects that were worthwhile, and she would pay me to go find them, whether I, I did it myself or I found something for her. And all of it came out of the book and the book title. And when I talked to her, I had no idea she had this kind of excess money to invest. Millions. It was in a trust fund, and it's just been sitting. She didn't know what to do with it. That's interesting. Um, I'll give you my number. (laughs) 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 And the number to call in New York is... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a a nice... uh, something nice to happen right away when the book is hardly out. <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. yes, I mean, obviously she recognized that um, the principles that you were talking about were solid and that people that you might have to recommend would have been able to find these creative things themselves or that you would have more creative projects to talk about as well. So that's very interesting. Um, let's talk about when the light bulb goes off. Okay. The light bulb goes off, you've got to figure out what you're going to do with it. What, what are you going to do, meaning how are you going to capitalize on that idea? Because ideas are a dime a dozen. The question is, are you going to be able to implement it? And, and, and that's the bottom line. Yes, you know, that's the thing. Like when you were talking about the, uh, the van and the dog washing and all that, um, I think most of us, go through our day or our week and we, we come we come across problems and we think to ourselves, huh, you know what what would be good to fix this would be such and such. And then usually we just go about our business because either we don't we don't have the money to invest in creating that kind of business or we think, you know, we're already busy doing whatever it is that we're doing and we just let these good ideas slide by. Well, one of one of my favorite success, success stories in the last few years has been this uh, New York housewife or New Jersey housewife named Bethany. And Bethany created a skinny girl martini mix. And she was struggling with it, etc., but kept very focused on it, kept building the brand, really stayed with the core principles of what she was doing. And now if you go to the current issue of Forbes magazine, she's on the cover because she just sold the whole company to Jim Beam or one of the big uh, liquor companies for over $100 million. Wow. Hmm. 
I mean, they're out there. You, you know, you, you clarify your goals, you write them down, and, and you start to move forward. And you've got to start thinking like you're an entrepreneur, even if you've never been an entrepreneur. And, you know, that's funny because that doesn't seem like it would be that uh, complicated to do. People have great ideas every day and do nothing with them. Right, right. So, okay, so so what if somebody's having an idea and they're, how do they get past that roadblock of thinking either that they, you know, they can't really do it or they don't have the time or it's not never going to work, you know, they don't come up with good ideas, it's probably a silly idea. What do you say to, to test that out or to get beyond that? The best thing about this country is that everybody's got free advice. You start running it by other people. You sit down and you write a business plan. If you don't know where to write a business plan, there's plenty of software. Once you found the, the need, find the need, you fill the need, you figure out what you're going to charge for it, you put it into the business plan. Then you take the business plan to your bank, any bank and ask for an obscene amount of money, half a million, million, two million dollars, enough to get their attention. They will evaluate your business plan. They will give it to their accounting side. They'll give it to their legal side. They'll even call other customers to see what the customers think of your idea. And they will turn you down for the loan because banks aren't doing those kinds of loans these days. But what you get out of it is fifty to a hundred thousand dollars worth of very sage free advice, and that helps you refine your plan, and it didn't cost you a nickel. Yes, I think that that's uh, that is a very good idea. Um, and if people, you were saying people can find that out in software, but isn't there, um, you know, also aren't there just looking on googling? Wouldn't there be... Um... Oh, there's stuff for free. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. We need to take another break. Uh, this is... <laughs> I hope you're all paying attention for, you know, these ideas because we all we all just, you know, throw things away every day that would be brilliant. So stay tuned. My guest is James Feldman. His book is Shift Happens. Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. 
www.drcarol.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking about shift happening. The name of the book is Shift Happens by James Feldman, Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions. I want to just say that I I hope you all realize that we're just kind of... um, Skipping, <laughs> skipping through the book, talking about some highlights, but this book is just loaded. Uh, there's no way we could do it justice in an hour. It is just loaded with good ideas, creative ideas, um, and also resources, websites, all the things that you need to know uh, to make some of these things happen. If you're thinking to yourself, hmm, that's interesting, but, you know, I don't know what to do from there. Um, he has a resource guide in the back, like we were talking about business plans. He has a bunch of different websites where you can get uh, business plans, you know, find out how to make a business plan and and just everything, all the things that you would need to go from uh, sitting in the living room feeling sorry for yourself um, to to doing something fun and creative like having a, a dog wash business where you drive around to people and make a ton of money. Uh, so, um, you know, we, during the break, um, Jim and I were talking about uh, I was asking him what, what in the time we have left he wants to uh, talk about. Again, this is just skimming the surface here. Um, and Jim was talking about about how important it is to to leap off the cliff. And and yes, I'm going to let you talk about that. I just want to say, you know, I, I was thinking that um, it's so hard when if you lose your job or you have a job, your own company, and and people don't have the money to buy things, um, so you're not doing well. And at some point, you become dependent, let's say, on, I don't know, on some um, government uh, program or, or a food pantry, which, of course, nowadays people are going to who never imagined in a million years that they'd be going to a food pantry. But there's this, psychologically speaking, there's this, this um, tension between dependency, you know, when you, when you, Necessity um, makes you become dependent, at least for a while, um, or think that, or, or give up um, and become dependent, or, or you know, it, it's sort of a um, going between giving up being dependent um, and and taking that leap off the cliff. So tell us about that. Well, I don't think that there's a choice. I think that at the end of the day, either shift happens to you or you create your own shift. So I'm not suggesting that people be like me because I think that's too scary a thought. I'm adventuresome, but I think at the end of the day, the best way to move ahead is to focus on asking the right questions and spending less time on the importance of the answers. Because if you ask the right questions, then the answers are going to come out all by themselves. It's the joy of exploration. It's the joy of going down a path that nobody else has walked down before. And you're going to be challenged. You're going to be energized. You're going to be scared. But that's the whole point of what we're doing. Because if we don't do something, then... Everything else is going to be done to you 
instead of for you. During our break, you know, we were talking about the secrets of success. Well, the, the secrets of success are that there really are no secrets. The, the secret is simple. Shift happens every minute of every day of every week of every month of every year, and you have to deal with it. You, you sit down and you say to yourself, I'm mad and I'm not going to take it anymore, and this is what I'm going to do about it. I mean, there are countless stories. Uh, John Paul DeGioia, who co-founded Paul Mitchell, was homeless before he started that. The man who started off penniless built the Mardi Gras floats and plastic beads. Um, a, a high school dropout invented the wee-wee pad for housebreaking puppies. Hmm. We talked about the woman with the chicken diapers. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of opportunities are still untapped if you're willing to take the chance. And the interesting part is, you come up with a good idea, there's always money. It may not come from traditional sources. It may not come from a bank. I mean, even if you, if you go on TV to the Shark Tank where they've got these entrepreneurs, you see these entrepreneurs go down the path with these, these um, uh, people that are asking for the money. They ask very important questions. And at the end of the day, if they like the idea, they come up with the cash. There are lots of people with cash and don't know what to do with it. Yes, especially since, uh, you know, certain investments have become shakier. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. You just have to look for them and find them, yes. And maybe and somebody who least, more um, would enjoy being on this uh, adventure with you, you know. Yes. And, and so to, to each person that's listening today, I mean, the shift is up to you. I mean, we talk about my book. It's not a self-help book. It's not a feel-good book. It's a self-think book. The whole purpose of the book was for some reader to sit back, nod their head, and say, you know what, he's absolutely right, I'm going to make this change. Mm -hmm. Because it's all up to me. There are no people riding in on white horses, there's no tooth fairies, there's no lone ranger. You're going to have to do it yourself. Yes, yes, yes. That's uh that is the thing that we need to wake up and realize absolutely. Um okay, I want to make sure that there's enough time for people to find out how to get the book and what 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 website to go to and so on. Okay. Uh they can go to onlythebestgifts.com and what we've done there is we've created uh three ways to buy the book. You can have the link which takes you over to Amazon so you can buy the hard copy version. It takes you the link over to Amazon where you can buy the Kindle version, or you can stay on our site and buy the PDF version. And we've made the PDF version very, very, very low priced so that people that have no job and have no money don't have a big barrier to getting it. It's three ninety nine. Hmm. Wow, that's generous of you. Um, okay, and by you're talking about the shifthappens.com website, right? Either one. It's either onlythebestgifts.com or the shifthappens.com, and then on the site when you click on the Shift Happens book, it'll take you back to the shopping cart on Only the Best Gifts. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Um, oh well, that was perfect. <laughs> okay. So again, I'll give out those websites: onlythebestgifts.com or shifthappens.com. Check them both out, and I think that's very. 
generous of you. See, that's why you got that woman coming to you with all her money, because you were doing this generous. You were putting good things out into the universe, and they came back. Well, thank you very much. That was James Feldman. The book, again, is called Shift Happens, Reinvent Yourself Using Innovative Solutions. And, yes, it's true. If you don't make the shift, shift will happen to you, and, and you don't want to be you don't want to be in that spot. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Kara Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.